on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now let's have some fun. Here is your host, Johnny, Johnny Radio. Johnny Radio. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. And it is a thirsty Thursday. We got bowl games already on TV, man. Don't you just love this time of the year? The holiday season. All the bowl games. The basketball. The NFL. Closing up, man. Two weeks left in the National Football League. We got NFL football tonight. Man, I mean, what more could you want? What more could you want? You know what you could want? You want some winners. And we're going to talk about some winners today, and we're going to pick some big games, man. This Arizona-Oklahoma game tonight, I'm looking at you. I uh, I think I love this game, but it also kind of gives me a little bit of cause for pause. If you've been looking at this, Arizona is right now a two-and-a-half-point favorite on some books. I've seen them all the way up to three-and-a-half. I've seen it fall to three. Not too much fluctuation, but it's sticking around this number. And uh, if you didn't know, the transfer portal has been playing a big factor in a lot of these games. Huge, if you if you haven't paid attention. Uh, you saw the Moss kid. Did you see the Moss kid for USC come in there and play like a baller last night? Played really well, yeah. Yeah, no Caleb Williams, no problem. They took care of business. We're going to talk about some of those some of those games as well. But I got to jump up. Right off the bat, and start talking with this with Bryant Dacus because I've been looking at this game, and again, we got a lot of games to bet on today. Right now, SMU's up seven to three on Boston College in the second quarter. At one fifteen, you got Rutgers at Miami. Rutgers is a two and a half point favorite over the Hurricanes and the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. NC State's playing Kansas State. Kansas State a three point favorite. NC State's got a pretty good defense. Their offense is pathetic. Kansas State, uh, we'll get into that. But the one, like I said, I can't stop looking at this one. It's at 8.15 tonight. It could be a big one. Is Arizona, Oklahoma. Now, Arizona finished, started the season 3-3. Three and three, uh, Played Mississippi State tough, but, you know, lost to them. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this team took off. They absolutely went bananas. Won six straight. Uh, they... Average 453.4 yards in the game. That's 17th most in the nation. They were 12th in passing at 304 yards per game. Noah Fafita, their quarterback, this is a redshirt freshman kid who nobody knew anything about. He's only thrown for 23 touchdowns and only five interceptions. Um, His QBR was sixth in college football this season. And a lot of people just don't know him. He's not a household name. But, man, he is as, he's as efficient as anybody in the world. Then you go over and let's just take a look at what happened this year with this Oklahoma defense. Um, their offense was damn good, was it not? Their was, defense, yeah. though, was terrible. Their defense is so bad. They average let – me, let me have it to make sure I got this right. They have one of the worst defense where they've given up 390 yards per contest. The only thing that really helped this Oklahoma team is they did get a lot of interceptions, all right? 
They got a lot of interceptions. They had 19. That saved their point total, which was terrible because they gave up 30 points a game this season. 30 points a game, and they also had 19 interceptions. The the other thing is, which nuts, is they give up 4.1 yards per rush. Their run defense is abysmal. It's awesome. It's absolutely awful. Arizona, they got their guys. They got a lot of their weapons. They don't have their left tackle, who was one of the best left tackles in the pack, all pack 12 first team. He's not going to play. Their right tackle will not play, but they do have their center, both guards, and of course their backup tackles will be playing today. They are not in the portal. But when we talk about offensive lines taking a hit, five offensive linemen, the five starting offensive linemen for the Oklahoma Sooners are in the transfer portal. Now, does Oklahoma have depth? Absolutely. But you're going to have a whole new offensive line. Also, Oklahoma is not going to just be without their offensive line who's in the portal. Y'all know Dylan Gabriel is in the portal, so he's not playing because he's suiting up for Oregon. They're running backs. They are not playing either because guess what? Walker and Major, the running backs, uh, Ty Wee Walker and Marcus Major, guess where they're at? Transfer portal. Oh, wow. Guess where their quarterback, I mean, their uh, offensive coordinator is? Uh, he is at Mississippi State. That's right, big dog. That's right. He's a bulldog. He's the coach now for Mississippi State. So you have five linemen out. You have your running backs out. You have your offensive coordinator gone. The one thing that everybody keeps talking about is, amen, they got all their wide receivers. The wide receiver uh, group is going to be right there. But now we're going to be introduced to Jackson Arnold. You don't know who Jackson Arnold is? Well, that's because he only threw you 20. Should. He only threw 24 passes this season. A lot of people out there aren't, aren't, aren't realizing that this is one of the top recruits in the nation. Five-star quarterback was in every elite camp that there was. Uh, a lot of the Oklahoma fans, I don't know if this is exactly true, you know, they've been putting out these rumors or they've been coming at hard with people. Like if you said, oh, I'm taking Arizona, no Dylan Gabriel, no chance. I have seen a lot and heard a lot, and I've watched a few, you know, podcasts as I love to do and listen to sports talk radio. If you are listening to any Sooner fans or Sooner radio or Sooner X or Sooner Facebook post, they're all saying that Dylan Gabriel was forced out because he was told he wasn't going to start next year, and that's why he left Oklahoma. I don't I know if that's wow. true because they said that this Jackson Arnold kid is going to play circles around Dylan Gabriel. John, I should say uh, I'm looking at OU's game notes right now. As of December 13th, so things could have changed. But uh, Walker, the running back, is on their uh, game notes as active. He is on their game notes as active. Yes. So I maybe something to keep an eye on. I will. I will look deeper, John. Okay, that's weird because I was going to say the uh, looking at this morning. I'm sitting here reading an article, and it, right here it says Ty Wee Walker and uh, Marcus. Um, damn, I can't remember his name. Marcus. Uh, Marcus Moody. Marcus Moody. Marcus Moody. Marcus Major. Um, it says running back Marcus. Did he take his name out of the transfer portal? Because Maybe. he was in the transfer portal. I, that's where I have it right now. It I, I'm gonna, he, now, like I said, this was they posted this way too early. Um, yeah, because I'm um, I'm on about a hundred percent sure that both of them 13th, entered the in, entered the transfer portal. I will, after I will that. do more research and I will let you know when I have an update. Well, I think that would be great. But again, um, if you look at where I'm looking at on this one um, site, it has all the Oklahoma players that have entered the transfer portal. 
And it has, um, of course, their five offensive linemen, that left tackle that was a super stud. And it says also both running backs, and it has them listed right here. Mr. Major yeah, and Tyree Walker. Because Marcus Major isn't on the depth chart, but uh, Walker is. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, hell, we did see somebody. We've seen a couple games where they've entered the champ transfer portal mm-hmm. and played. Yep. So this might be a case where Mr. Walker is entering the transfer portal, but yet he's going to play in the last game, which is going to be a little bit weird. And their leading rusher is playing as well. Gavin so, Salchuk? Yep, Salchuk. Um, he's, he's also playing. But, uh, again, behind a brand-new offensive line. And then I look at Arizona, and, again, I look at some of the losses that they have. Again, two offensive linemen. Um, they lost a lot of depth on defense. Their starters are going to be playing today. One starter for um, – Arizona's defense is not playing, but seven of their backups have entered the portal. So depth could be an an issue. If uh, Arizona starts taking some dings, some bumps, and some bruises, that's where it could become an issue. But again, this is an Arizona defense that I feel like has been extremely strong this season. Again, Arizona, by the way, hasn't played in a bowl game since, what, 2011? This is Oklahoma who's playing in like its 25th straight bowl. So I feel like also the motivation factor has got to be with Arizona. And I just can't trust an offensive line that has all new parts behind a quarterback who's only thrown 24 college passes. I think their offense is lethal when they were well, but I also can't trust the Oklahoma defense when it was at full strength, was giving up 30 points a game against the top 20 offense in the country in Arizona. I just got to go with the Wildcats. I've been trying to talk myself into pounding this junt all day long. And again, you got to think about it, man. Arizona puts up 450 yards a game like it's nothing and averages 30 points. I mean, over that last six-game stretch, they've been dealing. Something's going to give. And the interesting thing is you got a Big 12 team that's leaving to go to the SEC, and you got the Pac-12. You got Arizona who's going to join the Big 12. And it's down in, uh, what is it, in San Antonio, isn't it? Kind of a perfect little spot. It sure is. Perfect little spot for it. So, again, we got college football out the frame. I'm looking at this Arizona. I'm thinking about pounding this junt like you wouldn't believe. We're going to break down more college football today. We're also going to um, talk a lot of – just a lot of good stuff. we got a lot of NFL notes to get to as the uh, NFL week starts tonight. It's a, it's a fascinating game in some ways because, you know, the Browns team has been absolutely dominant. Um, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. They look better with Joe Flacco than they did with Deshaun Watson. Like, call me crazy. You can call me crazy. That's fine. Joe Flacco and David and, um, um, David and Joku have been hooking up like it's going out of style. Amari Cooper is catching these deep balls because Joe Flacco still throws one of the prettiest deep balls in football. Since Joe Flacco's come back, he has beat the beat the um, the Jaguars, put up thirty one points in that game. They beat the the um, the Bears. They that he Joe Flacco was horrible for three quarters in that football game, but no one was money time in that fourth quarter. Joe Flacco was making throws that a lot of NFL quarterbacks. I mean, to be elite, these were elite fl- throws, like the throws you see from the Matt Staffords. Not a thirty-year-old guy who was like on the couch just six, six weeks ago. And then what they did to the Texans last week: thirty-six points. The defense is holding teams down. You know how good they are. 
I absolutely think that they go out there and beat the breaks off the New York Jets. It's the prime video game, and the New York Jets have just been a team that has now kind of gotten to where, like, I'm just so annoyed by them. From all the Aaron Rodgers stuff from the offseason, then his Achilles, and then uh, the whole Zach Wilson stuff, doesn't want to play, wants to play. Like, there are a bunch of – I mean, there's so much drama around the New York Jets, it's not even funny. But seven and a half points, that Jets defense, which is pretty dead gum good, mm. do I take another favorite? I've been thinking about this. Did you know just in bowl games going into Tuesday morning, do you know what the bowl games favorites and dogs were? I have no idea, no. Twelve underdogs had covered. Wow. And only four favorites. Wow. Guess what happened on Tuesday? Uh, didn't all the favorites win? All three favorites. Yeah. Guess what happened on win, um, yesterday. Wednesday? Yesterday, right? That was yesterday, okay. yes. Um, I'm getting, my week's all confused, John, because Monday was Christmas. Three favorites, one dog. The and, only and dog. The, uh, USC. USC. That's right. They yeah. were the dog, and USC came out. And, and again, um, I'm liking some of the favorites again today. Arizona's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Oh, John, I have more information about our, our friend. Tywee Walker? Uh, Walker. Uh, yeah, so he uh, has entered the – he put his – net in. he posted his intention to enter the transfer portal. It does not look like he has officially entered the transfer portal yet, but he has been practicing with the Sooners as they prepare for their bowl game against Arizona. And Brent Venables has said that the door is wide open – for him to return if he wants to. And this even goes to say um, that this looks similar to what happened last season when defensive lineman Josh Ellison announced in early December his plans to enter the transfer portal um, and then remained with the team through the Cheez-It Bowl, where he played 26 snaps against Florida State before officially entering the transfer portal in January and transferring to Memphis. Nice. a, A similar situation to that. Hmm. It is uh, the transfer portal has been an absolute. Uh, if you're a bowl game gambler, the transfer portal has been absolutely buck wild. It has um, trying to keep up with it's extremely difficult, and then also trying to figure out um, which which like these backups, like who's going to come in. Did you have any clue that this kid, Moss kid? What is it, Miller Moss? Um, did you have any idea this kid – was it six touchdown passes he had? Yeah, six touchdown passes, um, played really well. I think before I took a, I took a picture He did have his, that pick six he threw that was yeah. just you know, earlier, but I mean, man. Um, I took a picture before, coming into that game. Uh, he had this season 309 yards and one touchdown, and I think he had pe- appeared in three games maybe. Um, he was the backup quarterback all year. So, yeah, no, I don't think anybody expected what we saw last night. It was impressive. I mean, that's the only thing that you can say. It was It was damn impressive. So uh, USC, 42, Louisville, only 28. Louisville, you're terrible. <laughs> but my man Moss, man, six touchdown passes. That little um, – I mean, do you uh, know um, our our former Memphis Tiger, Taj Washington? Did you see yep. him go off? Oh, yeah, good game for him. I always like seeing him play. 99 yards, seven receptions, two tutties for former Memphis Tiger Taj Washington. Also yesterday, though, from uh, the college world, man, Ollie Gordon – did you know he's coming back to Oklahoma State? Is he really? Yeah, that's a full-grown wow. damn man. 27 carries, 118 yards. As Oklahoma State beat Texas A&M. But did you see the whole situation in that um, Texas A&M game, what happened? Uh, no. What, what do you mean? On I was the, eating dinner during most of that game. So on the very first play of the game, 
you know, um, these teams are already pretty damn shorthanded uh-huh. because of the whole situation. Like, how many guys were there to play uh, with for Texas A&M? Not many. I saw I saw a tweet that said like there was only like fifty five scholarship players or something like that. For it Texas was A&M they were like, very like, shorthanded, super shorthanded. Well, you know, in the first play of the game, they lost their quarterback Jalen Henderson. Yeah, but that guy that came in after he was pretty good, dude. Um, Cameron Epps. No, no, no. What was it? Yeah, was it Cameron Epps? No, that's no, no, no. That was the other team's quarter. Here it is. Here it is. He was replaced by Marcel Reed. That's, that's what I was right, thinking Marcel about. Reed. The dude's only 180 pounds, six two, 180 pound, true freshman. Um, he was one of the top, you know, 300 players in the ESPN 300 uh, last year. Again, true freshman. He had attempted three passes all season. My man finished 20 of 33 for 361 yards, and he only threw one interception. He rushed for another 29 yards and a score. But damn. My little guy came in there and took care of business, didn't he? That's like the – that would be the one, two, three. He'd be fourth on the depth chart. He was the fourth dude on the depth chart at A&M. Came in there and looked good. That's one of the difficult things about watching these bowl games. Which young kid's going to come in there and get his chance Mm -hmm. and uh, all of a sudden get – like you never – you see it coming. You know know who – you know who – you know Wally Pipped? yeah. Right, man, and him. we've seen that a couple of times, uh, especially like you said earlier in, in the bowl season, where all these underdogs were covering and and some even winning outright, and a lot of those were underdogs because of they had a quarterback that was out or their star running back had entered the transfer portal or had opted out. But then these young guys come in and they see this as an opportunity to prove themselves and maybe get you know springboard into next season, and and they take advantage of it. Yep, they do, and um. That's kind of the fun thing about you know some of the bowl things. I still wish the transfer portal situation would be after bowl season. Right. I think it would make it easier on the coaches. I think it would make it easier on the players, and you know you would finish the season with your team. Uh, this is that's just my opinion. We'll see what happens going forward. But again, only one dog came in yesterday. That was USC outright win. Favorites have been pouring in since Tuesday. Uh, West Virginia, by the way, what did I tell you? Country roads, take me home. Dude, I told you yesterday that North Carolina's defense was absolutely terrible. And I said one thing. I said running games do, trans, uh, like, you know, running, you run the football well all season long, you're going to run the ball football well in the bowl game. West Virginia ran for 164 yards. They averaged 5.5 yards a carry. But also that little Garrett Green, first play of the game, did you see what he did? They, they threw a touchdown yeah, pass. that was awesome. That, that was, was so, so awesome. It felt good. We took West Virginia. I was a little bit nervous about it. Remember? Yeah. Um, we had a bunch of people saying take never North Carolina. Mm, it was never in doubt. Felt great about that. That might have been the easiest one of the day, honestly. Um, The first game that I gave. Which game did we that was That was Virginia Tech Tulane. But, John, that game was close until about the late third quarter. And then Virginia Tech pulled away. West Virginia had that game from the very start. They I did. Mean, that was never was open. I mean, first play, they scored yeah. a touchdown. And I think the North closest Carolina it was, was, was like 7-3 at one point. I mean, that game was never in doubt. Yeah, Tulane. Um, but the Tulane, you could just tell that their offense was struggling mightily. Mm-hmm. By the way, both quarterbacks were terrible in that football game. And still, Virginia Tech scored 41 mm-hmm. points. Well, and I don't understand. So, so Tulane started Kai Horton, and then after the first possession, he didn't look very good, um, and they immediately go to the other quarterback, um, and then he gets I, injured. It, a beta, yeah, I, I like a beta B or something. I, I wasn't going like to try to try to pronounce his name. Something like that. Um, but he got injured, and then they had to go back to Kai Horton. I'm sure his confidence is a little shaken after being pulled right after one possession. It, it was an ugly game for Tulane. Teams combined passing yesterday, 210 yards. Did you know that? Wow. 
that's this is this is college football 2023. Yeah. Uh, my man uh, Kyron Drones only threw for 91 yards on 21 Crazy. attempts. Uh, Brett, he likes to keep up with with like the rushing and stuff. He texted me this yesterday. I don't remember. This was after uh, maybe that Tulane game, and he texted me and said uh, teams that win the rushing are now. 16 and 5 in bowl games. Passing, if you win the passing in terms of passing yards, you're 8 and 13 in bowl games. So the run game is dominating. Ho, ho, ho. Did, so um, our good buddy Brett Norsworthy uh-huh. just in his. So if you win the ground game, you're 16 and 5 That's straight right. up. That's right. And th- just winning the passing battle, you're eight, eight and 13. 13. So the running, the running game is. is bowl dominated. games, what I say yesterday, run games. Yeah. In this type of like this bowl atmosphere, you haven't been playing in three mm-hmm. weeks to a month, whatever. Yep. That's something that still, you know, it, it translated. It, it you'll see it on the field. We saw it with West Virginia. Oh man, we got some great games. We got football on right now. I'm fired up about the football, but I'm also fired up about basketball. We're in Hoop City. You have the Tigers who are playing out of their mind. 19th in the AP, 18th in the coaches' poll, and. Dacus just said something. He got so excited. What, what happened? What happened? Uh, SMU just scored a touchdown. I think you're ahead of me. I'm watching on my iPad. Um, John, did you take the uh, the over in the Chicago State uh, Cal Baptist game last night? I did not. Oh, John, we got, got there, there last night. Well, not easy. The but it got total there. was 136, but we got there. It was over 130 and a half. Well, I did not get oh, there. Oh, John. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is what's going to be fun again. I talked about we are Hoop City. The Tiger basketball team is balling. Yes, they got they a weak are. team. They're playing as Austin P. Austin P. Oh, uh, and Saturday we're going to talk. Emmanuel Hansel uh, plays for for Austin P. You might remember him. He was recruited by Memphis. Um, he is the young man that only has uh, one. Hand, oh one my God! Arm. Yes, he, his other arm it, it stops at his elbow. Um, and he plays for Austin P. And he's getting good minutes for them this year. Oh heck yeah, so man! Good to see him on Saturday. We'll get to pay attention to that as well on Saturday. But tonight we uh, have the Grizzlies. They're playing the Nuggets. We also have some drama. Like, uh, was it Michelle Beal kind of coming yeah. out? A lot of people trying to attack Memphis. Memphis don't and like Chandler that. Chandler Parsons, too. He's on that show. Chandler Parsons, yeah. Mm-hmm. But by the way, you know Memphis, we, we might fight stuff. each other all up in here. But when you come from Memphis, all of us are going to turn around That's and right. fight you. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to talk about a little bit of, uh, you know, Memphis, 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 Maine coming out and attacking a little Michelle Beadle. I know Isaac Simpson was one of those yesterday. We're going to talk about Ja Morant, this Grizzlies team. They've won four straight games. They're back on the hardwood tonight in Denver. By the way, in Denver where the whole thing kind of started for Ja Morant in this sick. strip club that does not, like, does not care about their patrons' <laughs> privacy ridiculous and then jada jada doesn't feel good you know why why because he's scared to go back to denver he's just he's probably it's called anxiety yeah you know i'd have a little anxiety myself but we're going to talk all this and more because isaac simpson joins us on the other side sports 56 98 5 fm be sure to follow us at sports 56 whbq on twitter facebook instagram and youtube to watch live video of our shows Stay up to date with station events and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. All the wisdom of the universe is in these bones. (laughs) Now back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio.
Welcome back to Little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Dacus. It is a beautiful Thursday. It's a thirsty Thursday here in the Mid-South, and you know it's always brought to you by the best Tito's Handmade Vodka. If life hands you lemons, don't freak out. Don't fret. Don't stress. Just make a lemon drop. Make sure it's with the best. That's Tito's Handmade Vodka, and it is that season, man. 2023, we're wrapping this John up, getting ready to start a new year. Man, bring in the new year the right way with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. Bring it in with a little bit of Tito's. Just kind of gives you a little more holiday spirit. But always remember, do me a favor. Drink it, savor it responsibly, and don't drink and drive. It is uh, – New Year's is like uh, – it's like rookie – I call it a rookie night or whatever. Like it's um, amateur. It's amateur hour. Like that's what New Year's is. So usually I like to go over – Stay with the family, eat like some beef tenderloin, maybe some cream crab legs, maybe a little fungus, then shoot some fireworks, stay at the crib, and enjoy the best. That's Tito's Handmade Vodka. Now it's time to talk with my man, Isaac Simpson. In the Mid-South, they say we don't bluff. We also say whoop that trick. Memphis, 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 Maine. We're all about Memphis. We might fight each other in the streets, but if anybody comes for Memphis, we are going to be coming after you, Isaac. I see everybody in that Memphis posse is going after Michelle Beadle and Chandler Parsons, and I'm loving it. Yeah, man. That's that's one thing, man. You said it right there at the top, man. We might not always agree on everything here in the city, but one thing we do agree on, man, if anybody comes for that, the, the beautiful land in the world. Uh, we got a band together, man. Go go after him. I think Michelle Beadle and Chandler Parsons found that out yesterday. Dude, I love it. You just did the whole Memphis, Tennessee, most beautiful land in the world. I love you, man. You all, <laughs> you with me on all this, Isaac? Um, kind of give the backstory a little bit. I wasn't completely aware. I didn't know that Jaws dance, the little New Orleans dance down in New Orleans, was going to cause a stir. Kind of paint a picture for our audience who might not be understanding what we've been watch- witnessing on X. Yeah, man. I, I when, when it happened, I was like, oh god, I, I know somebody's going to try to make a big deal out of this. When when I was watching the game live, I saw it. I was like, and, and I, I'm aware of the dance. If you ever watch LSU football, you see them. Mm-hmm. All their players, they score touchdowns. They do it. All the time when I saw John do it, I was like, "They're gonna, they're gonna say this is a gun thing." I knew somebody was gonna come up with it early in the morning. You didn't really hear anything about it, and then the the FanDuel TV, however, you find that. I, I've seen it on gas stations uh, while I'm at the gas station pumping gas before. That's the only time I've really ever seen that. But Michelle Beadle and John Parsons kind of had some some strong comments about that and about T on the sideline dancing, and uh, it, it became a big thing. And you, you had. People from from Memphis, man, going in them hard. I mean, to the point to where they were actually responding to tweets. Like Michelle Beal actually DM me. To you, DL. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. this, man. <laughs> yeah, tell I'm, the people, I'm I'm like, people wanted me to share it. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. But they were like, did she apologize? No, it definitely wasn't an apology. It was kind of a doubling, tripling down on on what she was saying. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's crazy when you have people at that level actually reading and responding to tweets, like random tweets. I thought that was. Really wild to see yesterday, but Memphis, man, definitely came out strong, man, and it supported Jaws, supported the, the city against kind of what they were saying on yesterday. And what it was exactly, because I really missed the comments, really, from Chandler Parsons and Beatle. What what were they saying? Basically that, you know, um, T needs to learn how to, uh, like, you know, how to act right on the sideline and that jaw needs to, I mean, I, I didn't see all of them. I know it was basically, they were just coming out about how 
uh, they carry themselves. Yeah, the, the, the Chandler Parsons said was unbelievable that he was on the sideline with sunglasses and a hoodie, which I thought was ridiculous. On, on the job thing, they were just saying basically that he, he can't do anything. Uh, like basically like he shouldn't be having any fun and like anything that's related to a gun, which is really not even that, that he can't be doing that to the league watching. And I, I mean, it's just, I, you have so many other things that they could be focused on. I mean, you have a Josh Giddy situation. You have uh, Mikhail Bridges who's back in the league. You have Josh Primo and nobody, nobody has come out as hard. Josh Giddy. Oh, I mean, yeah. you had so many things going on. And again, Mikhail Bridges is the most disgusting one of them all. Yeah, man. They are, not they, they're not right saying now. anything about him. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, these people are committed real crime. A and felony. nobody really, I mean, if, if the way they talk about Ja, you think he killed 10 people. Like, Ja really, I understand, like, the optics uh, of the situation, uh, but he still hasn't done anything illegal. And the way people talk about it, they act like this kid has killed 10 people, like I said, and it's just, just ridiculous. And I, it's going to be a ongoing narrative. And, and Ja, he's going to do stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's, and, and I'm not necessarily talking about the gun videos, but having fun for the court, that's what, that's what he is. And, People don't like it, man. It's going to be a problem continuously going forward because that's just who he is as a player and his personality. He's going to have fun on the court. He's going to do things like that, and that's what it's going to be. Um, he just can't do the, the outside of Instagram videos and stuff like that. But, man, let the kid have fun, man. You're just trying to change him completely, man. I just don't. I just don't agree with him. man. I love the way I love uh, him on the court, um, him dancing and doing all that stuff. I mean, again, I don't understand everybody else and their grandmother does that, and now Jaws the only one who can't. I mean, yeah, and by the way, oh, by the way, hold on, just to bring this back this up. Do you not remember just um, what a week ago when LeBron James um, exactly. was celebrating and he, uh, you know, did a whole thing where it looked like he was smoking a joint and passed it yeah, to his buddy? Yeah, passed the blunt joint. Yeah, passed the blunt. Passing the, pass the blunt. Um, I mean, I'm all for passing the blunt because I feel like, dude, you know, don't be a bogart. Don't bogart that <laughs> joint, my friend. Pass that joint. But um, he didn't take a bunch of flack, and people didn't do that. And again, I've seen people. If you watch sports, they come out and they, sh- you know, like sh- sh- you know, like guns ablazing. They're not like shooting people. It's like just you know, like you're just excited, or you scored a touchdown, you hit a basket. We see people shooting arrows all the time after they hit a three. But Ja does a dance, and it becomes a controversy. Yeah, I mean, Mikael Bridges has the celebration he does every time he hits a three. You see Steph doing the, the three point gun. They, people put out videos. LeBron has done like five or six different gun Dude, yeah, celebrations he puts it back in the holster. I mean, Man, I yeah. remember he did the little spin and back in the holster. Yeah, and then he, then he does the, the push to the ground where he puts it back in the holster. I mean, that's, that's something that people do all the time because, I mean, you're talking about you're playing a game where you're shooting the basketball. I mean, that's just kind of <laughs> a thing. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's trying to take the fun out of it. I just feel – and Kellen Parsons, of all people, man, always has something to say how the man came in here and – Finesse Memphis out of $100 million for, for nothing, and he's out, come out since and basically admitting that he knew that he couldn't basically couldn't play anymore and that he's just going to take the money and make it fun of Memphis and the city. Um, somebody somebody tweeted him and said, uh, well, you're not welcome back at the city after this. He was like, oh, well, yeah, I was definitely planning on taking a vacation there this summer and stuff like that. He always He's taking shots at Memphis every chance he got ever since he's left here, which I think is ridiculous. He should be taking the city with how he came in for death them, but it's just crazy, man. I think it, it being Chandler Parsons made it even worse because 
people in Memphis aren't too fond of him anyway. No, they aren't. Um, that was a that was a painful contract, you could say. Uh, but I will say, I've heard that there was a there's there were some ladies in the city at the time that were friends of Chandler Parsons. But now I think all the Chan Coon stuff. There's a lot of women that don't like him in this city no more. <laughs> yeah, man, I heard I heard he, he put up some a, a good bit of time at the bluff uh, on, on the yep. island strip while he was here. So. He is, he did. <laughs> now we got to talk about a little bit of action, man. Since Jaws returned, this has been. Um, I mean, it's just been special. They've won four straight games. Again, the Grizzlies won in the, in the first 25 games, could only manage six wins. Since Jaws come back, he's had a game winner. He was the Western Conference Player of the Week. My man's dropping games all over people's face, uh, and the whole team looks reinvigorated. Desmond Bain's been insane. Main Trip's doing it. Like, the whole team just looks different. Talk to me about what it's like. Uh, like, why is it that you bring him in? Uh, this is a team that wasn't very good at scoring in the paint. Now, uh, over the last four games, they've been one of the best teams in the league at scoring in the paint. Yeah, man, he's just revitalizing and best out of energy for the entire team. Um, and I think one thing, when, when you lose a basketball game, uh, at some point it becomes mental, right? You, you go into these games, you're thinking, okay, well, we're getting blown out. We don't really have a chance to beat this team. Why am I going to go out and – give this max effort on both ends. I think we saw that in a lot of games. There were some games where they had the energy, like you think about that Boston Celtics game, that Denver Nuggets game. They lost both of those games, but they were fighting two for nails trying to win those games. Other games, it looked like they could rather be anywhere. Guys are outside of kind of Des- Desmond Bain and Jared Jackson Jr. The rest of them looked like they could, could care less about being there. I think having job back now, I think they're now going to these games feeling like they can beat anybody. And, and when you – when you're scoring, uh, you're scoring points on offense. It gives you energy on the other end. When you're going down continuously and not scoring, you just that that sometimes you kind of give it up on the other end. I think that's what you're seeing. I think with job back out there now, they have confidence. Okay, that we're we're out here busting our ass for a purpose, so to mm-hmm. speak. Like we can, we can win these games now, so we're going to go out and get max effort. It's just been crazy. Uh, I mean, instant classic. I think the first game he came back, man. You couldn't even strip that better to hit a game winner in, in your return. I mean, and kind of go back deja vu, almost the same thing. Um, this time, end up going to overtime, and they still get the victory. And Marcus Smart, man, just looks incredible. Um, you, you don't win that game without him. They were struggling offensively. I think down 14, he comes in, hits two big threes back-to-back. Um, had, had a big-time play. He took the charge on Zion Williamson, had that steal, layup, and one. In overtime, I mean, he was big time. Xavier Tillman put in big time minutes at five blocks in that game. Um, the, the entire team. And one thing that I think that you take as a big positive, and it's always been a question of, especially with Jared, can he play big time basketball with John Morant on the court? Most of the time when we've seen him play his best basketball, it's been without John Morant. And in all four of these games, uh, John Morant, Jared Jackson Jr., and Bain have all played at an all-star level. Um, and I think if you're a Grizz fan, you have to be excited about that because those, that's one of the top trios in the league. I mean, they're right up there at the top when you're talking about trios. And when those guys are playing at that level, all three of them together, this team's going to be really, really hard to beat. And it's just night and day difference, man. The energy, um, it, it, to me, admittedly, man, it got hard to watch um, at times in those first 25 games. It's just You just had no confidence this team's going to win basketball games. It's just ugly basketball, bad coaching decisions, and God, man, just has fixed pretty much all of that, man. A 4-0, four, four and oh, um, tough one tonight uh, on the road against Denver. Uh, John Morant questionable with, with an illness. John Conchar was out the last game. I think the flu was kind of going 
around the team. Hopefully, Dow plays. I know at altitude that makes it even more tricky. Uh, but I, I think they have a chance to win this game. Uh, Aaron Gordon is out, man. Uh, hope, hope some, some crazy stuff there, man. Got bit by a dog on the shoot hand. I think Hold at twenty one stitches wait, or something. Wait, yeah, he got he got bit by the dog by a dog on his shoot hand. I think he got twenty one stitches. Um, and they don't. They, he's out indefinitely. They don't know when he's gonna return. So it sounds like it was pretty bad. Uh, so hopefully get well him uh, to Aaron Gordon, but he's not going to play tonight. So hopefully Jaws in there uh, because I think they have a, a chance. I mean, they gave Denver all they wanted here, and that was without Jaw. Um, they need to keep to keep this going, man, because they can't afford to take a lot of losses. Still about five games out of that ten spot. So man, they just got to stack wins, man. And with, with Jaw Moran out there, man, I feel like this team has a chance. I don't, I don't care who they're playing against or where they are. Man, it's just been wild, by the way. Again, Jaws, since he's returned, is averaging 29-9-5 on 50% shooting from the field, scoring in the paint like a madman. Um, like, scoring in the paint like people hadn't seen since Shaquille O'Neal and Giannis. That's how crazy he's been uh, against getting inside the paint. The other thing I did want to say about, like, one thing that I've watched both of those Pelicans games, uh, the, the team – you know, didn't quite, they just, like, like if you really watched that game the other night, they were terrible. They sh- they couldn't shoot a three-pointer and hit yeah. it. They had 15 damn turnovers. They committed 20 fouls, yet they kept fighting, got that jun into overtime. I mean, Tripp could have won the game in regulation, but uh, he did miss that second free throw. Um, but they fought all the way to where there was .4 seconds on the clock, and they were still scratching and clawing and trying to get the win, and they ended up getting a one-point win in overtime. That's just a different fight from this team that we saw in the first 25 games to what we've seen over the last four. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a game of, I would say two halves, but a half and half of a quarter uh, because they really didn't start playing until late in that third quarter, and Marcus Smart had that third, like I said, hit those two threes. Uh, when, when they really needed it, and they just kept battling. Um, for some reason, Willie Green decided to put Dyson Daniels on, on Jerry Jackson Jr., man. He took advantage of it, man. Two, two bucks backed him down twice in a row, got two big buckets. I think that cut it to one. Um, and they just continued to make plays. Uh, like I said, Marcus Smart getting in, in the passing lane, uh, Vince Williams Jr. doing some stuff de- defensively in that fourth quarter. And you just, anytime you have Ja, I mean, when Ja decides he's going to get downhill, it's hard to stop. Either he's going to finish at the basket or you're going to foul him most times. And like you said, wild scene at the end of that game, man. You had to, the jaw, they called a foul. They reviewed that. They took that back. I think they had about 1.5 seconds left. Had to do a jump ball. Grizzlies win that. Four tenths left. Uh, Jaron goes in. He gets fouled by Jonas Valanciunas, which I'm surprised he got that call. You usually I don't get too. that call I in that situation. Too. I couldn't believe they called it. Um, he had a chance to win in the regulation. Missed. One free throw, man, but they came out in overtime, man, and, and took care of business, man. It's crazy as, as a Pelicans fan, man. That did it man, twice in one week, man, a heartbreak. Uh, they went down there and, and got one and two-point victories, man. It's just, like you said, just a different level of fight that we've seen from this team in 25 games. They just don't give up, and, and that's what we've come to expect from this Grizzlies team. That looks like Grizzlies basketball, man. I'm just glad it's back. We're talking with Isaac Simpson. You know him. Uh, make sure you listen to his podcast. Uh, go to at Ethos Grizzlies on uh, the Twitter. Give it a follow. Go to Ethos Grizzlies to find this bad boy. They're always doing that. He also works for TigerSportsReport.com. On the other side, me and Isaac are switching gears up a little bit. It's time to talk some Tigers. Back in two shakes. Sports 5698.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio. 
We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Johnny Radio. Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio hanging out with Brian Day because it's a thirsty Thursday and it's just beautiful for sports fans. We've got bowl games already on. I saw Dan Wetzel tweet this out. He says, if you have an issue with a baseball stadium hosting a football game sponsored by a cloud storage system named after a Japanese horseradish kicking off at 11 a.m. on a Thursday, then I'm not sure we can be friends. Yeah, I've got a problem with you if you've got a problem with I, I'm right there with you, yeah. Mr. Dan Wetzel. I think that's a great tweet. But we got football wall-to-wall. There's four bowl games today. we got Grizzlies basketball tonight. But it's time to talk about that team. That awesome team, that Memphis Tigers, 19th in the AP, 18th in the coaches poll, and number one in everybody's hearts. What's up, Isaac? Hey, what's up? Dude, I'm so fired up, man. Jaw's back, and the Memphis Tiger team, this is like the most, I mean, this is the most excited I've been since 2008. I think this is the best team since 2008. Tell me I'm not wrong. No, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, this team is just different uh, than any of the teams that I think we've had on the passer or, or uh, Penny Hardaway. Uh, this team, I think, legit has a chance to do something special, like the Elite Eight, Final Four, maybe even even championship. I, I think this team, when they're playing their best basketball, I think they can line up against anybody in the country. Uh, Penny has said that, and it's not just Coach Speak this year when he says that. He always says that, but I think he's for real, and, and the scary thing about it is I don't think this team is yet to play their best basketball. I mean, you're adding in a piece like Naquan Tomlin. He hasn't even gotten acclimated yet. You have a piece that in, in Can Saquon I interrupt Walton. you real quick? Because I, oh, this is fun. something I, I wanted to ask you this. Because um, at the beginning of the year, you know, Jordan Brown, we got him, and that made you feel a little bit better. Now we've been, we can ask now, what what, what will Brown do for you? Absolutely nothing. He's not <laughs> doing anything. We didn't have Malcolm. I mean, he was in the transfer portal until the very end. Then he comes in. He's coming in the best shape of his life. He had been playing his handy. He's been the best Malcolm we've had since Memphis. But now that we bring in Naquan Tomlin and you have Malcolm and Tomlin down low, what? how, how much does the addition of Tomlin raise the ceiling for this Tiger team? Um, I, I think tremendously. Uh, we, we talk about not getting DeAndre Williams, him not getting a waiver. Uh, I think Naquan Tomlin can have that type of impact once he gets acclimated to this team. And I think he just adds to the depth because now I think eventually he's likely going to move into the starting lineup, possibly with Dandridge, in which you're going to bring Nick Jordan off the bench, which makes that bench even tougher because Nick Jordan has been really good for this team as well. Um, I mean, he's put in some really good minutes for this team and been a really good plus uh, for, for this team offensively and as far as rebounding. I mean, he's done a tremendous job, even knocked down three-pointers. Uh, for this team. And Naquan Tumlin, uh came in against Vanderbilt, only played 15 minutes, but had eight points, three rebounds, knocked down a three. Uh, he's still trying to, to find his footing, but I think that combination is going to make Malcolm better. Malcolm's going to make him better. Um, 
and Jordan's going to be able like to that. play in his, uh, you know, play not out of position, do his thing. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like the like it raises the ceiling exponentially. Like it is just such an increase that I mean, again, our guard play is ridiculous. Our forwards, we got guards and forwards coming out the frame. Now that we've got that center position, and we also have one guy who can run the court like you wouldn't believe in Naquan Tomlin, and then you have a guy like Malcolm who's playing his best basketball and he's doing the things that you ask him to do i mean i i just feel like with all that's going on damn like i, I mean i don't see how they're going to lose a damn game in the american outside of possibly uh fau yeah man and, and to go back to something one thing that i always worry about in college basketball especially when you get into the tournament you're going against high level teams the teams that are on your level is foul trouble when it comes to the bigs and i think that's big to have that protection from malco that you're not so worried about him picking up a foul here and there because you have Naquan Tomlin there that can also take some of that, some of those fouls. And also Nick Jordan off the bench just to have that depth, I think is tremendous for this team. And that's before we even talk about what Naquan brings to the team as far as running the floor. Like you said, he can finish at the rim. You don't have to run plays for him. He's going to rebound. He brings you some rim protection. It's just, man, it just feels good to, to infuse a talent like that into a team that's already really good. And you talk about the, the, the American um, as I said over here last week, the word for this team is is focus, and I think that's what we did see against Vanderbilt. I, I think they were thinking about Christmas vacation, uh, thinking, okay, man, we can just show up and beat this team. And Vanderbilt came in ready to play. Man, Stackhouse had those guys confident. They were coming in here trying to get a win, man. That thing got scary there to the end because they really couldn't afford to to take that loss. So that would have kind of negated some of the great things that they did. So good they were able to go ahead and pull that one out, but. These teams are going to be gunning for them. Like, like I said, there's only going to be one game for the rest of the season that they'll probably be underdog in. That's that FAU. I think the FAU game here, I think Memphis might be a one-point favorite or, or something like that. So focus, it, it's going to be more about them and, and what they're doing versus the other team. Uh, so if they stay focused, man, I think they can really run through this conference and, and we can see something special like Calipari CUSA Day. Uh, go out of here undefeated or one, maybe one or two losses in conference. Um, I, I really think that's possible. Uh, so I'm excited to see this team kind of kind of tear through some of these teams, and they just got to lock in, stay focused, man. And if they do that again, man, there might not be any more. That man, they could they could run the table. Like I, I feel like that because I feel like they're a better team than FAU. I know FAU has all the accolades. FAU has a big win over Arizona, but I, I feel like Memphis matches up really well with that team, and I can see a scenario where Memphis wins both of those games, possibly beat them a third time in the conference tournament when that's and I'm glad that FAU has got that win over Arizona because I Me want too. to stay up there because that gives Memphis more quiet one opportunity. Man, Dusty Mays crew is pretty damn good, man. 96-95 win over Arizona. That was a um, impressive game. But so these Tigers, they've been impressive. Uh, when they didn't have their best game, they still found a way to win right before the holidays, uh, beating Vanderbilt. They got Austin P on Saturday. When you're looking for a little Tiger information or some Grizzlies information, where do they find it, Isaac? Yeah, man, eat those grizzlies. Uh, but as you say, definitely check us out. Uh, we'll be back with a post game tonight. Hopefully, discussing a, a big grizz victory. TigerSportsReport.com for all your Tiger athletic news. You can find me on my personal X Twitter feed at Isaac Double Underscore NBA. Isaac, man, I hope you had a very merry Christmas. I hope you have a happy, happy New Year, and just thank you so damn much for all that you do. Be blessed, my brother. Will do, man. Talk to you next week. That's my buddy Isaac Simpson. Follow him on Twitter. He is absolutely. Um, my man tweets like a madman, and he don't back down from nobody. So uh, make sure you give him a follow. It's at Isaac 
double underscore NBA. That's Isaac underscore underscore NBA. Now we got to talk about the Peach Bowl. We got the lovely, sweet, talented Evie Van Pelt. She's in hot Lana. She's been at practice this morning. Man, I'm telling you right now, we're about to get all up in Ole Miss Rebels. We'll talk about the football game. We got to talk about this basketball team. We got to talk about the party. We got to talk about it all on the other side. It's uh, time to do a little bit about the uh, Rebel Walk. By the way, the Rebel Walk, go to therebelwalk.com. It's the number one source for all things Ole Miss sports information. The lovely Evie Van Pelt is next. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Thunder is- 